Four and one. Four and one. Good evening, folks. Welcome to Big Blue Avenue. I'm Tom Scavetta, joined alongside my co-host for the evening, Sam Cardona. There is no Hank tonight, um, unfortunately, um, but I'm excited to be back this week with you, Sam. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing really great. I'm excited. Um, the fact that, you know, Sunday morning really amped us up. We're feeling really good about this team. I'm excited to, to break down the game. I'm excited to talk about it next week. It's just, it's a good feeling to be four and one. And weirdly enough, the NFC East is like a weirdly competitive division right now. So it seems like really awesome. Absolutely. hundred uh, percent. I was very excited about that game as well. I had my coffee out early Sunday morning. Um, folks, though, before we get any further, if you want to check us out on our social media platforms, you can there below at Big Blue Avenue on Instagram, Twitter, and you as well. And this episode is presented by our sponsor, BetUS. You can sign up with our promo code below there at join125. Get a 125% sign-up bonus bet on the go anywhere, anytime with America's number one favorite sports book. That's BetUS where the game begins. And Sam, our brief takeaways here from the London game. Uh, first off, 3-0 in London. Best record through five games in 13 years. And I think Hank mentioned something that this game set a record as the most watched international game in NFL history. Incredible. Yeah, that's wild. And I mean, like, to be fair, too, it was even if you were in a Giants or Packers fan it was a good game to watch like I really enjoyed watching it I was excited that we had you know all these London games in the morning like sometimes I'm like "Mm, do I really want to wake up and watch this game but you know the fact that it was the Giants really got me excited but it was just an incredible game I mean like I never at one point during that game that I feel like the sadness that like the 2021 Giants used to bring me like I have this newfound hope now with this team And rightfully so. I think there was a lot to take away from this game. And through the first five weeks, the Giants have now beaten both number one seeds from last year's NFL playoffs. Uh, Biggest comeback win since Daniel Jones' NFL debut. We'll talk about uh, the captain number eight a little bit later. And I personally think, Sam, and I want your take on this, the Giants are a good football team. I think they will be in contention this year if they continue to play like they did in London and now they're getting more respect across the NFL, they moved up eight spots to number eight in the overall NFL power rankings. Personally, I think that's a little bit high, but what do you think about that? I mean, it's obvious that they put us there for a reason because a lot of times these power rankings are also anticipating what's to come and so on and so forth. I 100% at this point in time, in the beginning of the season, I probably wouldn't have thought this. But with this point in time right now, a wild card spot does not seem out of the picture. And, I mean, the Eagles are undefeated right now. But this Sunday night game with the Cowboys and the Eagles is going to be super telling for this division. And because if they, if the Eagles lose, like, we're all going to be in the same record. And it's just going to be like very much, I mean, apart from the commanders, we are not not even including them in this conversation right now, um, which they play tonight. But honestly, I think the Bears are going to win. But nonetheless, I just the fact that they are a good football team right now and 
when we talk about Daniel Jones in a little bit, I'm so excited to like kind of break that down a little bit more to like almost like show how Daniel Jones is literally becoming the quarterback for our team that everyone has been doubting for all these years. And we've constantly said, you got to give him a second. You got to give him a second. Did it took a little long? Yes, but it's like finally happening because he has the right coaching staff under him. And like he, he was able to do all this with literally no one on the field with him. That's what's baffling to me. It's like he doesn't have Kadarius Tony out there. He doesn't have Kenny Galladay, who hasn't even done anything, but is a star wide receiver. He doesn't have any of those people. He has rookies out there. He has, like, nobodies, and he's doing what he's doing right now. Yeah, he's thriving in this new scheme. Um, The Giants had an eight-minute touchdown drive. That was the longest drive they had in terms of clock since 2014. Um Give it time. The touchdown passes will come. I know that's a concern for a lot of people, but keep in mind, who has he got to throw to, number one? And two, they're learning, they're learning a new offensive scheme. The touchdown passes will come, folks. They will come. Do not freak out. And, folks, if you want to comment tonight at all, we are streaming on the Review and Preview Facebook and YouTube channel and the Big Blue Avenue YouTube channel as well. Mike DeSanto, what's up, Mike? Four and one. When am I going to wake up from this stream? Never. 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 Folks, also make sure to leave a like on the show. It helps with the new Facebook algorithms that have been out. So appreciate that. Mike also says, um, is Danny Dimes good now? Well, he was always good. Like, that's mm-hmm. the thing. He's always had the potential to be good. And it just was never in like the cards were never there. He had constant OCs change, constant head coach changes. Like, he was just never there, and he didn't have Saquon Barkley either because Saquon was always getting hurt. So I think Danny Dimes was always good. I was so excited when they drafted him. But now it's, like, finally coming to fruition. Here's my thing, and I agree 100%, Sam, and I think we can both back each other up when saying this. We've been saying this since, on the show at least, since last year, when mm-hmm. even when he was struggling, that he's a good quarterback. He's no superstar. Don't get me wrong. He's no superstar. He's not a Justin Herbert or a Josh Allen or a Patrick Mahomes, but he's good. And he can be a franchise caliber QB who's not going to cost you $40 million a year like some of these clowns are making. Um, <laughs> throw some shade there at Dallas. Um, <laughs> where nobody's become somebody's. Yeah. Um, our team is made up of a lot of DoorDash players, Mike, and um, – it's the coaching staff. It's 100% the coaching staff. Brian Dable, hands down, front runner for coach of the year. I'd be shocked if he doesn't win it at this point. I'd be shocked. Absolutely. My jaw would drop. 100% agree. Except the fumbling thing. Well, Mike, Jones has not fumbled in the last four games. He's had one fumble all season. Yeah. Five. Yeah. Crazy. Like that problem has been basically solved, which was a big problem. Oh, yeah. Um, And I think part of it is you have two tackles that can block rather than having uh, Nate Solder and Cam Fleming. Now you have Andrew Thomas and Evan Neal. Uh, And Andrew Thomas did incredible in this game, Mm -hmm. the London game. Like literally, I think my key to the game last week was make sure Daniel Jones is protected because – of this like weird injury he had, like we don't need mm-hmm. to like make that worse. And Andrew Thomas obviously listens to the show and obviously listened to what I said and was like, I'll make sure nobody touches him. And that's exactly what he did. 
also, I think the most underrated player on the Giants O-line is Mark Lewinsky because, yes. in my opinion, he's the second best lineman on the team. You don't hear his name much because he doesn't make mistakes. Um, you know, he's very good out there. When he got hurt in that Chicago game, I was a little bit concerned, but they were able to get him back out there. His run blocking is superior to all the other interior linemen on this roster, and he was a big reason why Barkley was able to find holes because Barkley doesn't always run outside zone. When he runs up the middle, you have to look at guys like Lewinsky, Feliciano, and Bredesen. Mm -hmm. And notice how most of Barkley's runs, he'll cut back and do those little jump cuts now. And Glowinski's one of the first linemen that's at that second level ready to deliver a block. And I, I think with that being said, Barkley is the guy. You pay him or you tag him, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You can't let this guy go because he's such a rare breed. You're not going to find another Saquon, you know. Yeah, and I think even us in the offseason, we were very, very concerned about what Saquon was going to do. And we were saying, like, if this is not going to work out, like, it's really unfortunate, but, like, doesn't make any sense to have him around when obviously it's both him and Danny Jones is like kind of not, I mean, Saquon doesn't need to prove it. It's more like he just needs to stay healthy through the entire year, yeah. but they both need to make sure that they are staying on this team and they're making sure that they have a place on this offense and they're both doing it phenomenally. I think another takeaway for me is that this is the first Giants game since 2020 where neither team committed a turnover. And mm. yeah, a little fun There's, fact right there. Yeah. Got to fill in for Hank. And also uh, Darius Slayton has made it clear that currently he's the number one receiver on this team, which is <laughs> not something I'm proud to say, but I mean, the bar is David Sills and Richie James. I mean, come on. Slayton yeah. should be playing better than those two receivers. No disrespect to either of them because I know Sills and Jones have a great connection off yeah. the field as well. But Slayton had six catches for 79 yards and 89.6 pro football focus grade. Um, is he starting to come around to you or do you need to see more from him? Because personally, I think he's a Band-Aid. I think they're not bringing him back. After this year, unfortunately, but at the same time, outside of him and Kenny Galladay, who could go over the top on a defense, right? Everyone else is like a slot intermediate receiver. Right. Is the deep threat in this offense right now. Right, right. And I think that what with the stats that you just read off, like that should be a minimum of what he should just be doing normally. Like we shouldn't really be praising what he should already be doing. You know what I mean? So he should be doing like what he did in this past game and then better because that's when he's wide receiver one. Like our wide receiver core is so paper thin and in such shambles that the fact that the bare minimum of a wide receiver is we're we're praising is like ridiculous. So I'm not entirely in on him mostly just because like we literally have no one else and he is our last hope. So he needs to step up. He needs to get, you know, down the field more. He needs to make these plays happen because we don't have Shep anymore. You know, Canarius, we don't know what's going on with him. Kenny Galladay will literally never see the red zone. I'm convinced at this point. Like, I feel like we need to place a bet that Kenny Galladay never sees the end zone, like until he leaves the Giants organization. So, which I will put a bet on if need be. 
So he's it and he needs to be it. But it's like, does he know that? Does he know he needs to step up to the plate? Because it doesn't seem like it. Kenny who? <laughs> Kenny, I, don't know I got him. paid. I don't know him. I already miss Sterling Shepard. I do too. But I mean, he traveled to London. Did you see the energy he brought on the sideline? He's basically, I know the Giants don't have cheerleaders, but he's our cheerleader. Yeah. That's what he needs to be. Like, but that energy of like that kind of veteran player is something that we need in the locker room, even if Shep isn't playing. So I'm glad that he did that because that shows like real leadership and real veteranship. Giants are three and zero overseas. That's correct, James. Also, he says great comeback win on Sunday. Appreciate both you guys tuning in. Make sure to leave a like on the show, share with your friends, family. We'd love to hear from you. Mike's too funny. You guys. Oh my God! Need- yes, I'll put it. I'll put it right. Where am I? Here. I'll put it chalkboard. right here. I'm yeah, gonna make little, it. Little grade school chalkboard. <laughs> Be careful, because Sam might actually take you up on that, Mike. Um, I will do it. Yeah. I will do it. I'll put it literally right here next Watch, to my chalkboard. We'll see it next week. <laughs> Tune in next week to see the Danny Dimes fumble chalkboard. Andrew Thomas, outstanding, um, highest-rated PFF player in football through five weeks while he's now tied with Chris Jones. And your boy, Sam, Daniel, not Jones, Bellinger is the fourth-graded tight end on pro football focus, a fourth-round pick. Joe Shane found a diamond in the rough with this guy. Again, I know it's early, but he's running it into the end zone. He's catching it into the end zone. He is the best tight end on this team. He is Mm -hmm. a fantastic blocker. He might be tight end one, not just this year, but years down the line. Yeah. And I'm not going to jump the gun and say like, you know, this guy is the next Travis Kelsey, Tony Gonzalez, you know, whatever, but he's doing what he needs to do on this team. And I, ever since he got drafted, I was like, I'm so stoked about this. And I'm so stoked about him. And he's just like this like clutch player that just shows up when we need him to, whether it's a run, whether it's a catch. Like every time he scores a touchdown, I'm like, this is great. I love having him on our team. And I would love for him to be tied in number one because I think that he, one, has the potential, two, is already has this connection with this team. And three is already proving to us how well of a tight end, not just in the red zone, but blocking, et cetera. He's just everything we need in a tight end that we have been struggling to find for a while. Hopefully Bellinger is more of a Jeremy Shockey and not a Kevin Moss. Right. Here's the thing about that. Mentally wise, I hope he's more of a Kevin Boss. I don't want another Shockey mentality, right? A Shockey on the field. Yeah. Sure. I don't I don't I don't want food fights in the cafeteria and preseason with Brandon Short. I know that was he doesn't seem like the type, though. I mean, no. I don't know him personally, obviously, but... No, he's a good kid. Yeah, he seems like someone who's got his head on his shoulders, just, just kind of, like, do what he needs to do, do his job. Yeah, he's like Jones and Saquon, as far as men- mentality goes, which is what I like. Yep, and we um, love the Danny-to-Danny connection. Yeah, but the play, you definitely hope he's like Shockey. I still view him as more of a blocking tight end, in my opinion. Yeah, me too. Catch the football. Um Again, even if he's a tight end, too, in years to come, I won't be too mad at that. Um, but obviously, I like the start that he's had. The Giants have turned things around in the red zone, scoring at a 58% rate, touchdown-wise, that is. This new scheme is working, and I think that's part of the reason why, Sam, we mentioned Brian Dable as a candidate for Coach of the Year this early on. The culture has changed, one. 
He's a player's coach, too. And the praise he's received from the legendary Bill Parcells, who declared Mm -hmm. this the best Giants win in five years. Yeah, I would I would definitely say that that is 100 percent true, because it's been a while since we felt the way we felt watching a Giants game and seeing the play and knowing things are going to happen and not sitting there thinking whether or not we're going to be able to win this game. Like throughout this game, I was like, we could do this. We could do this. And then the tying drive, I was like, yeah, we got this. Like, this is great. So, yeah, Dable is literally doing exactly what he needs to do. And him and Shane have a great relationship. I mean, you see Shane on the sidelines, right? Like, he, they go up to each other and they just embrace each other. And, like, that chemistry as well is really important, you know, off the field, literally on the field. Like, that's part of the reason why this team is working so well because everybody is in cohesiveness. Like, that was the other thing, too. It's like, oh, what does this guy want? What does this guy want? You know, what is Gettleman doing? What is – you know, all of the head coaches that we've had in the past six years doing, you know, it's, there was never cohesiveness and Mm -hmm. and Dable and Shane are bringing that. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It's, it's really awesome to see. And what's even more impressive too is now granted Green Bay has no superstar receivers on their team anymore, but in this game, we were down to Justin Lane and Nick McLeod. Again, two guys, you didn't know who the hell they were before Sunday's game, most likely, um, you know, the average fan sitting there watching, oh, never heard of either of these two. Um, they did their jobs. They did their jobs. They were effective, you know. Um, I thought they were solid on on defense. And then, um, you know, because Adoree left the game with an injury, and then um, obviously Aaron Robinson didn't play. And then, of course, um, there was an issue with Fabian Moreau, who left the game as well. So I, I was proud of the cornerback play. Um, the special teams still need some work, in my opinion. Gary Brightwell is not the answer at kick returner, even though he scored that rugby scrum-looking touchdown. I'm not the biggest fan of his. I never have been. Um, I thought that was a bad draft pick by Dave Gettleman. And mm-hmm. Jamie Gillen um, – that whole situation, the passport issue, uh, I think he just got back last night. Uh, that Incredible. was really funny. But, the, but the, the Giants, Joe Shane mentioned they knew about this before they went. My thing is there wasn't an issue uh, going, but there was an issue coming back. I think it's because he's from Scotland. That's probably why. Yeah, it's it's sometimes coming back in like going into that country is one thing, but coming back in is always is always a little bit difficult. Um, but just that idea of him getting stuck in <laughs> in the airport is very funny. I mean, I'm sure it probably wasn't that funny, but just the idea of it is. I'm glad he's uh, back with us, though, and yeah. going into games with a chance to win. I don't know how to handle it. Yeah. It's more stressful, I feel like, because it's almost like we have like this like big confidence boost. And so like we go in and we're like, we could win this game. And then like when we start to not maybe do as well, I'm like, oh, my God, like, what are we going to do? What's happening? What's the problem? You know, it's like, is it the team? Is it us? Like, what's going on? And so far, I feel like that Cowboys game, we did not play well that we lost like that one game, like every game that we've played, obviously we've been winning, but it's not like some fluke win that we've just come out and won. Like we won because we played better. We lost the Cowboys game because we didn't play well. 
And just the fact that we're still winning football games without Leonard Williams, without Aziz Ojolari, without Wandale Robinson or Kadarius Toney, uh, without Aaron Robinson, without Dory Jackson now, the list goes on, ladies and gentlemen. It's very, very impressive. And Sam, I think we're ready for our New York Giants player of the week. And this decision was unanimous. And it was so unanimous, we had to make two slides <laughs> for him. Oh, there was just so new- much awesomeness. <laughs> I'm going to throw the floor to Sam, but our New York Giants player of the week is Daniel Jones. Danny Dimes. All right. Part one, as you can see on the graphic, Daniel Jones, part one, because when I made these graphics, we literally had so much that it was hard to put it all in one. So to go off with just some of his stats here, uh, he completed 21 of 27 passes, which is 77.8% completions, um, which is the second highest percent in his career, which is obvious that he's just on the up and up and not on the down. He had a season high of 217 passing yards. He rushed himself for 37 yards, which is a career high tying of 10 carries. All of this on top of the fact that he's missing his top four wide receivers. He's playing with guys, with rookies, with, you know, lower, well, not as well-known guys and doing what he's doing. He's averaging 0.6 turnovers per game. And we talked about that before with Mike's comment, only one fumble in five weeks and only one turnover in the past four games, which was obviously a huge problem that's being resolved. Um, And in week five, he had a 75.2 QBR, a 100.2 rating and a 69.8 PFF grade. And then we move on to part two. There it is, part two. Um, I added this stat into this because I was just really impressed with them. On the game-tying drive, so it was the two-yard run touchdown by Brightwell to make it 20-20. Um, seven of eight for 55 yards passing, three carries for 25 yards running, and only one of those plays was with Saquon Barkley. And this is just very telling of Daniel Jones and how well he's able to adjust without certain people. He leads the NFL with three game-winning drives this season, which is the most in the NFL. And before this year, he only won two games when trailing at the half and only three career-winning drives. So in five games, two games, one trailing at the half, both of which were 10 points and three game-winning drives. Oh, we did it. All of the amazing things about Daniel Jones. Yes. It's just incredible. Um. I'm going to go and say this now. Daniel Jones will be the starting QB for the New York Giants in 2023. Um, At this point, it's going to happen because the Giants are winning football games. It's not like you're going to be in a position to draft a high-value quarterback in this year's draft anyway. And he's flourishing in this offense. If it's not broke, don't Don't fix it. it. You have money to spend this offseason – Retain your pieces. This is not Buffalo. Okay. Uh, People are comparing the Giants too much to the Buffalo Bills. And while there are some similarities, yes. Daniel Jones, I had never had an issue with Jones as a player. I had an issue with where they took him in that draft and his injury history. The only way that will get me to change my mind is if he misses games this year due to injury because we know he has the skill he is the second best running qb in the nfl he is one of the most accurate deep ball passers in the nfl 
Um, we have a couple more comments here. Uh, there's expectations from Mike DeSanto. Uh, yes, there is. And comment from my guy, Larry Johnson. You're, what's up, y'all? What's up, Larry? Um, we're speeding tonight. I'll tell you that. Um, Larry is a, a Cowboys fan from New Jersey, but he's given Danny Dimes credit where credit is due as well. Even when the Giants played the Cowboys, Larry was texting me saying, yeah, Jones had a good game. He was just running for his life. Now, again, yeah. am I saying Daniel Jones is the long-term answer at QB? No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is right now, he's the guy. Next year, he should be the guy. They're le- Daniel Jones is winning. Is winning. Yeah. Um, yeah. Second, Lamar, Kyler, Allen, I think have all been better. Probably put him fourth. Um uh, you can argue that, yes. I'm going to disagree only because of – I mean, Mike, did you watch the Chicago game? I mean, if there was an example right there, I, I for me at least, I'm putting Jones ahead of Kyler and Allen. It's just – for me, Allen is more of a gunslinger who takes off when the play breaks down at this point. Um, yeah. Kyler Murray, never been too fond of him. Ah. Uh, but he is a great runner. I'll give you that. Lamar Jackson is the best running QB in football. There's no doubt. Um, yeah, our guest is already backstage. He'll be coming on in just a few minutes, but <laughs> we're going to keep him pending for just another minute. Uh, apologies, Fonz. I know you're ready to smack the crap out of us, but um, <laughs> the Ravens ruined my childhood at five years old. They, they beat us in a Super Bowl, okay? Um, <laughs> Larry says, yes, sir. He's definitely been leveling up. Now put the necessary pieces around him for sure. Yeah, I mean, imagine what he can do with four top wide receivers. Yeah, Like imagine what connections can happen down the field. Like that's just so impressive. And I 100% agree with you that I think that he should be our quarterback next year because if this is working and Dable's still there and there's that consistency with the OC as well with Kafka, that's what he's needed this whole time is consistency. And now he's going to have it. Agreed 100%. Quickly, some week six transactions before we preview week six. Uh, Giants re-signed wide receiver Robert Foster to the practice squad, bringing him back. The Giants, unfortunately, have to place rookie defensive tackle DJ Davidson on season-ending injured reserve. That is the third rookie of the Giants' 11 rookie class that has been placed on season-ending injured reserve. He'll join Marcus McKeithen and Darian Beavers on season-ending IR. That's not good. Um, granted, two fifth-round and one sixth-round pick, but Davidson was producing, uh, especially with Leonard Williams out, Sam. He was producing, and it's a shame. Yeah. Um, some tea for the week. Uh, I, I wouldn't really say this is tea time level, but Landon Collins did mention he never wanted to leave the Giants. Uh, yes, I saw this. He left because of Dave Gettleman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think that. Yeah. I think that when he did leave, I don't remember thinking like, oh, my God, he hates this team. I mm-hmm. think that it was like literally just his personal reasons. You know, I don't know if it was specifically because of Gettleman or not, but I didn't feel any animosity towards the team as a whole when he left. No, it's just I think at the time it didn't make sense to give a safety that much money especially one that was constantly getting hurt. And I see where Gettleman was coming from in that regard, but clearly there is a disconnect 
unfortunately. Uh, all right, folks. Uh, gentlemen, not a gentleman. Mike the Troll DeSanto. Love it. Love it. <laughs> so, bringing up our guest for the evening, the one, the only Baltimore Ravens superfan, uh, Fonz DeFalco, wearing his old school white Terrell Suggs jersey. Fonz, how are you? I'm fantastic. You guys can hear me. We're all good here. Tom, Sam, it's an honor to be here. Yes, I had to go with the white because the Ravens announced they're going all white this Sunday, the ice white. So I got to represent. So obviously, a big Jersey guy here. So excited to be here, talking some Ravens and Giants. Again, thank you guys for having me on. Absolutely, Fonz. You're always welcome on this show when the Giants play the Ravens. Um, Mike DeSanto says Fonz loves my puns. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Tom, I'm going to play it for for Mike here. That was his Mike likes when I do the. Uh, We're going to have to use the soundboard tonight. Now. I love I feel like that. There's a flavor <laughs> yeah. of four corners being injected into the show. If you have the, if I have the permission, I will use the soundboard throughout the show. If Unless Sam disagrees, you have my permission. <laughs> I, w- I implore you to use the soundboard. Ah, perfect, perfect. A lot of different sounds. That Roadcaster Pro, something I still need to invest in. But any, anyway, anyway, <laughs> your Ravens are coming off a 19 to 17 win on Sunday Night Football against the Cincinnati Bengals. Where I'm just going to say it. I'm not trying to toot your horn or anything. The best kicker of all time, yeah. Justin Tucker, four for four, including the game winner. Lamar Jackson, 19 to 32, along with 58 rushing yards. Mark Andrews had 90 yards and eight catches. And former Giant Jason Pierre Paul yeah. had a sack and two passes defended. What's it been like having JPP on that pass rush, man? Because he seems he seems to be pretty uh pretty, pretty good learning this new system. Yeah, he had a nice re- revive like when he joined the uh the Buccaneers. And I was, you know, excited to see him, you know, sign with the Ravens who give us a nice veteran leadership too it's weird seeing him in wearing number four so he's wearing number four now the single digits it's just it's the number thing i still got to learn i'm still learning it a little bit here and there but you know again we needed that nice veteran presence because we are a little bit younger in the front seven uh so it's definitely nice to bring him in there too and he's he's looking great you know he doesn't need to do so much on the line so i appreciate him on there so again he's officially a member of the flock especially after sunday night's game yeah, I feel like in my mind, JPP's always been 90. It's like weird to see him with the single digit. Um, I didn't mean to cut you off, Tom. No, 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 no. You're all good. Um, I'm concerned about Sunday. Before we get into the uh, Wink Revenge game and funds, we do have a nickname for Wink. It is Wink's Funhouse. That's what we call our defense now. I like that. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I might be a little biased, but I think you guys made a terrible mistake letting him go. Um, yeah, wait. I, I want to ask a question <laughs> real quick yeah. about Wink Martindale. Do you feel like? Do you feel like your defense is either different or like not as good with Wink without Wink Martindale? And like, how do you feel knowing that he's familiar with your team and like going up against him? Well, the the thing with Wink, he's been around the organization for a while. It was. 10 yeah. years, if I'm not mistaken, four as the official like defensive coordinator, too. You know, it's, I think last year we had so many injuries. He had so many different rotation of guys. And I really thought overall they kind of needed to make a change on the offense and defense. Personally, I would have said get rid of Greg Roman first over Wink Martindale to go for a little bit of change. But 
you know, it, the effect is there now. I mean, I'm not going to say that the Ravens defense is still like the top tier defense. I mean, we were struggling a lot, especially. I mean, there's a stat that we were only trailing for like 17, 20 seconds throughout the entire season. You know, and it's because like the late uh, game struggles, especially in that secondary, even when we're fully healthy now. So, yeah, it's it's a lot different. It's going to be uh, he definitely is familiar with the Ravens offense and defensive schemes now. So, you know, I've, at the time, I was kind of happy being like, you know, a little bit of a change. Why not change it up? Uh, but now, like, seeing how all the Giants are doing, like, you guys are doing really good, especially on that defensive end, too. It's like, it's like, oh, like, I'm thinking we might have made a little bit of a mistake. I still, <laughs> I still would have said Greg Roman out the door before Wink. But now you see now it's like, ah, maybe we kind of brought out the wrong guy. But apparently it was a mutual agreement. Wink even said that he needed a change of scenery. So. If he if he fully believes that, then you know, good for him. So I mean, I always root for him. Any former Ravens player or coaches, I'll always root for them, no matter where they go, except the Pittsburgh Steelers. But that's a different story. <laughs> you gonna root for him this weekend? See, that's the thing. Not not this weekend. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> a little bit here. Um, let's, let's see. I don't have any. Uh, I don't have the Giants defense in fantasy, so I will not be rooting for them. I don't think I have any Giants players, so no no rooting for that at this point. Right. Henry and Dictor says, "How's it going? Miss you guys, Hank." Hi, Hank. Hello, Hank. Hope you're enjoying a uh, Yankees playoff game tonight. Actually, it got rained out. I think I it got rained out, right? Yeah, it did. Uh, it's it's tomorrow. tomorrow. At 1.07 p.m. A good old playoff day game. Yeah, <laughs> we love it. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't like baseball right now for obvious reasons. Uh, yeah, I, Sorry I, about I, your Mets, Tom. I don't want to talk about it. It's like it's hard to find a Giants Mets combo, but you know, I hate that what it is. Uh, Sorry. Oh, you guys are both Mets fans. Oh my god. Another sorry for your loss. Another concern and Fonz, you could attest to this though. Hayden Hurst was a leading receiver last week. Former Raven had six catches, fifty-three yards for the Bengals, and one touchdown. And I think that's concerned too with your defense, the middle of the field, right? Uh Wink never uh, when he was your DC, he never placed a high premium on inside linebackers, right? I mean, you drafted Patrick Queen, but you let guys go because yeah. um, it wasn't a necessity. You really didn't need it. I feel like he focused more on the secondary pieces. That that, that was that was the issue too, because that's why the front seven struggled. I mean, listen, I like Patrick Queen, but he will have his moments where he'll like blow a coverage, maybe miss a tackle here and there too. So in pass right. coverage, it's concerning with with Queen too. But yeah, Wink definitely focused heavily on the secondary. And there was a point where we did have one of the better secondaries in the league. And then, you know, injuries happened. And even heading into that season, I thought, you know, Hey, we got a solid secondary, but now last week, Mark, Marcus Williams is now going to be out for a while with dislocated wrists. And that, that was, that's going to be tough for us for, especially against the giants. I was looking forward to seeing him because he's been a great signing for us too. In the first couple of weeks, leaning team in tackles interceptions was just changing our defensive like, identity. And he's going to be a big loss for us heading into Sunday. Sorry, I had a little uh, snafu there on my end, but I think we're all good now. Um, Fonz, you mentioned Marcus Williams with the wrist injury. That actually kind of led into my next question. How big of a loss is that? It's it's a bit. It's, it's a huge loss for us because you saw last year what happened. We didn't have that uh, elite uh, safety duo. You know, we had Chuck Clark and Deshaun Elliott, and they struggled a lot last year too. So we're going to be – Elliott's not there anymore. He's on the Detroit Lions, but now it's going to be Chuck Clark in the in the in the backfield on the defensive yeah. side with rookie Kyle Hamilton. And Hamilton's been solid for us, but again, he's still a rookie safety. 
Uh, so, you know, we've got to rely on, on Chuck Clark, which, you know, I have my indifferences about him because he does sometimes will blow a coverage here and there, miss it again, miss a tackle too, but it's, it's a, it's a downgrade from losing Marcus Williams. So that's going to be a little bit of a concern there, especially when you go past uh, Humphrey and Marcus Peters. Sam, how do you feel about this wink revenge game? Cause I'm looking at the stats and the Giants have allowed just 91 pass completions this season. That's the fewest in the NFL. And I'm just looking at all the players we've been out with. Some of these stats don't make sense. Um, the Giants defense ranks ninth in points allowed, 12th in yards allowed. I mean, Fonz, we literally used the company word DoorDash before as to the Giants defense. I mean, that's they're signing these players off the street. Nick McLeod and Justin Lane have were our starting corners at the end of that Green Bay game that literally Aaron Rodgers called Wink a fantastic coach. Yeah, it, it, it's it's crazy because, you know, on I've said this before, like on paper, they're, you know, no offense, but they're not supposed to have this like incredible, cr- crazy defense. But, you know, they're producing really well on the field. So I got I got to get proud there with guys that a lot of, you know, Outside of the Giants fans, not a lot of people know about. I don't know a lot of these guys in the Giants defense too. So, again, I give credit where credit's due with Wink. You know, the change of scenery definitely uh, definitely helped him. So, again, give the credit. Got to do it. I wouldn't be surprised if you didn't know the majority of the Giants roster. Like we uh, literally have nobodies on our team. I know. Well, the defense I can name. I can think I can name a few. I know Xavier McKinney. I like him a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. Dory Jackson. Uh, Leonard Williams, but he's out. Dexter Lawrence, I know he's doing really well this year. Yeah, he's a beast. Uh, <laughs> to be honest, I you don't have Blake. Do you have Blake Martinez? No, right? I, this no, is we lost him to the Raiders. Oh, but he's a Raider. Oh my god. Yeah, Patrick wow. Graham. Who? Yeah, yeah, uh, our former Defensive. defense coordinators there. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. I, yeah, that's I'm, why they brought him in. Not counting the two guys you just named, but yeah, like no, like I really, it's crazy yeah. to think about. Like you can't. I know now they signed back Landon Collins. One of my favorite former Giants, though. So, oh, and actually, no, Tony Jefferson, Ravens legend. Hey, you should have wore his jersey tonight on the show. You have it. You still have time. Why not? I should have <laughs> wore Landon Collins. You know, I, I didn't want. I don't want to jinx it. You know, I don't want to jinx it for, for the Ravens. Fon should have wore like his like collection of jerseys and just take them off I, throughout I, the show. That <laughs> was overheating that time too. I did that twice. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if you should do that again, but that that was definitely fun to watch. The I literally texted Tom on the side. I'm like, Tom, I got to take them off, man. By like. <laughs> This is not, this isn't for me. This, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, I cannot imagine that. Yeah. So in honor of Hank not being here tonight, I'm going to go over his fun facts about this series before we Uh, move forward. Let's do it. Baltimore leads the all-time series 5-2. to That does include Super Bowl 35, unfortunately. The Giants, however, are 2-1 against them at home. Their last win was in 2016, where Odell Beckham Jr. scored the game-winning touchdown. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, Ravens are favored by five in this game there are three former giants on the ravens jason pierre paul who we, who we already mentioned kevin zeitler and yeah. aj klein who was a giant for four days hey it counts <laughs> it does count um another thing though about the ravens defense they are tied for the league lead with 11 turnovers he also mentioned that the biggest weakness of the ravens defense is their passing game and with that we get into the keys of the game. And Sam, I'll start with you here. Um, yeah. Give us 
one, two, however many you have your keys to the game here uh, for the Giants in order to knock off the Baltimore Ravens? Uh, I literally say this every week, and I will continue to say it every week, and it's going to be like my new Hank thing where he says get off the field on third down every week. But when I say stop the run in the past, I've said stop the run in the star running backs. I mean like Lamar Jackson, and we said it before, is literally the best running quarterback If we cannot stop Lamar Jackson, we will lose this game. That's going to be our biggest thing. J.K. Dobbins also in the backfield is going to be somebody that we have to keep an eye on. But Lamar Jackson is slippery. He's fast. He's excellent. I love Lamar Jackson, honestly. It's going to be kind of hard for me to root against him. But that's something that if we don't contain, it's over for us, even with such a good defense. But Wink Martindale does know about Lamar Jackson. He knows how he works. Maybe he was an offensive coordinator, but he obviously was on the team with him and is familiar with the way that he plays. So hopefully that'll be a good thing for us. But again, if Lamar Jackson goes off, I cannot see us winning this game. So Fonz, with that being said, let me ask you this as the Ravens expert. How do the Giants contain Lamar Jackson. Oh gee, I mean they I mean it's it's a common thing to say, right? But you gotta literally get after him quick, right? Right. I mean, Ronnie Stanley's back as a left tackle too, but he's hasn't played a game in two years. Yep. He, he struggled a little bit uh last week too, but again it was his first game in two years come back from a broken ankle too. So you gotta get back you gotta get to him really quickly because if even if you give him an extra second or two. He has the legs to go to the left or to the right, or even literally up the middle if you leave the middle uh, wide open too. And if that's the case too, you got to cover Mark Andrews because that's his clear, no doubt, number one target too. I know they have Bateman and Duvernay, who I'm really high on. I think Duvernay is going to have a really big game. I love Devin Duvernay. I think he's the guy people should keep an eye on too, but he'll throw to them sometimes here and there, but he'll always look to Mark Andrews as the number one target. So I think you got to definitely, you know, Contain him in the pocket, keep him in the pocket, but also you got to maybe double up Mark Andrews at times, especially when you get into the red zone because you'll no doubt look for him outside of with his legs. Well, we all know the Giants are vulnerable against tight ends, and this Lamar Jackson theme really concerns me this game. Uh, Jackson is top 10 in the league in rushing. That includes the running backs, by the way. Yeah. The Giants <laughs> have a 40% blitz rate through five weeks. We have Kayvon Thibodeau. Aziz Ojolari, who practiced today, O'Shane Zimenez, and Jihad Ward. They all looked good against the last dual threat QB the Giants played against two weeks ago when they played the Bears. And Kayvon Thibodeau is fierce. Now, he doesn't have an NFL sack yet, but over the last two weeks, he has eight QB pressures. That leads all rookie defenders. Now, the problem, like Fon just mentioned, Ronnie Stanley is back. You drafted Tyler Linderbaum. No. You, you swiped Kevin Zeitler from up and under us. Morgan Moses, solid tackle, in my opinion, at least. He's been, he's been very solid for us. I'll give him that. Very solid. Um, ben Powers, don't know much about him, but I'm assuming he's respectable if he's starting on your line because Baltimore yeah, he's, is a good line. Now, solid guard for us. Is, is that because of the injury to Ben Cleveland, or did he win that job uh, right out? Well, Cleveland was injured, I believe, in the offseason. I don't remember what the exact extent of the injury was. But then when he did come back, Cleveland did struggle even a little bit last year um, at the guard spot, too. So Powers came in right away and you know earned that job in the preseason. It did really well. And I was high on Cleveland heading into the season, even last year. But he did struggle a lot on the line, too. And the injury didn't help his case, so he couldn't get on the field. So Powers ended up taking over. Cleveland does come in at times at a rotation guy. 
But yeah, Powers just basically won the job because of the injury to Cleveland. And what's your key to the game, Fonz? The Ravens to beat the Giants. What do they have to do? Oh gosh, you know, you know, I, <laughs> I like we said, like you know, it can't just be throwing it to Mark Andrews, and it can't just be Lamar running the ball every time. I mean, I've said this before, even when I say with the Bills, like Josh Allen can't be your leading rusher every week, and yeah. they'd say Lamar can't be your leading rusher every week because at the end, at the end of the day, teams will catch on to it too, and you know, coming to later on down the season, he'll get exhausted from that too. So. You got to get the running backs involved more. J.K. Dom is now back and healthy, too. Maybe throwing a little bit of a Justice Hill has been doing good at the third down back. And then get the other receivers involved, like Bateman, who's coming back from his injury, and, and Duvernay also. You know, I just think kind of spread the ball out a little bit more because I know the Giants are definitely going to be keen on just eyeing Mark Andrews and containing Lamar in the pocket, especially with Wink because he knows him. Uh, mm-hmm. so, and, and the defense, I'll say with the defense, I mean – you got to, I mean, you can't just say like, oh, contain Saquon Barkley, you know. And I just worry about the secondary, even though there's a lot of giants on there, you know, the receivers. Even though there are a lot of no name guys, they're still playing at a high level, even in that offense. So, I mean, that's why I worry about a little bit with the secondary, especially without Marcus Williams. So, try to do their best to contain uh, the wide receivers. Who are the receivers starting this week? Is it going to be, is it Slayton? Tom, the guy said that uh, yeah. a star receiver for you guys like two years. Yeah. I said to Tom two years ago, Slayton's going to be the guy. <laughs> I also, well, you weren't wrong. Hey, he did have eight, he had eight touchdowns, the rookie. I, I did tell him also Andrew Thomas was the best left tackle in that draft class. And now I can finally say that that take was right. So it took a little bit. But I, Slayton but, is literally our number one receiver right now. So I, he could, I mean, still, even with all these guys, too. They could still put on, put on a show. You saw it against, like, the Packers and even against, like, the Titans, too, in week one, even with a lot of no-name guys on here. Fonz, I, I think you're going to learn a lot about our receiving core on Sunday, about yeah, who these guys are, who their names are, uh, what type yeah. of impact they have on, on, on this team. Because, again, if you're not a Giants fan, if you don't play against the Giants, you're right. You don't know who they are. Um, and that does concern me. You mentioned you're worried about the Ravens' pass defense. You know, giving up the most passing yards in the NFL through five weeks, but at the same time, you've also forced the most turnovers. I think you have to stack the box against Saquon Barkley, right? Oh, yeah. Um, I also think the Giants have to stop the run. Tyler Linderbaum and Kevin Zeitler against Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams, who's likely to come back after missing the last three weeks. Huge boost for our defensive line. Uh, we know J.K. Dobbins is healthy, even though he's not the primary runner. For me, it's more action Jackson. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Zeitler is familiar with Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams. He went up against them in practice for two years. Yeah. Right? I mean, by the way, I miss Kevin Zeitler a lot. Yeah. (laughs) We've mentioned Zeitler a few times already, too. So I remember when he left and Tom was like, I'm sad. (laughs) But we saw it coming because of the uh, cap clearance that he gave us. Thank you, Dave Gettleman. Um, David Football Gettleman. Yeah. The man and the legend. Yeah, couldn't even get our players' names right in an interview. If you, um, anyway. <laughs> you think about the receivers, yeah, like, honestly, the only receivers I know is Slayton, because that's my boy, and I said he's going to be a star. Yeah. Uh, Tony, who I don't – where? The, why aren't you playing Kadarius Tony? And then Both Kenny, his hamstrings. It's, Both of his hamstrings. And, and, and then Kenny, I get paid $100 million to not do anything Galladay. I mean, yeah. really. So that's literally the only three receivers I know on this roster. Yeah. The three receivers you'll see the most of on Sunday – are Darius Slayton, David Sills, 
and Rishi James. Those are the three names you're going to hear the most. I think wasn't James the one that fumbled that punt return or like muffed it or something against the Bears? Correct. Okay. So now I know four receivers then. All right. All <laughs> yes. right. Um, I, I'm, this is why I'm the Ravens expert, not the Giants expert. One other thing I wanted to say is I, I think this applies to both teams, right? Limit the penalties. Again, Sam, we had six penalties last week, which is an improvement, but I'd like for them to get that number under five. And we held the Packers just four for 10 on third down. The inability to sustain drives, I think that'll be much more difficult against a Baltimore offense, no? That features the likes of Action Jackson. Yeah, you know, I don't know if this is a crazy thing to say or not, but honestly, I'm more nervous for this game than I was against the Packers. Like, I feel like... Going up against the Packers, I was like, they have holes. Like, there are things that we can do to win. Like, going up against this Ravens team, just seeing the way they performed last week against Joey B and the Bengals, like, it is actually, like, a little bit scary going into this game because I, like, genuinely feel like this is the first time going into a game this season that I've been like, oh, even though we're at home, even though we're at home, I don't know, it's just – something about it Lamar Jackson and they've been on fire this year they have been really good and it's like I think personally that this I'm more nervous about this game than I was last week against the Packers 100 percent. Daniel Bakley says hello what's up Daniel Ravens have a turnover almost in every game but they give up a lot of big plays downfield that's the thing they'll they'll give up like a, a 60 yard pass and then they'll like they'll, they'll turn over the ball the next play he'll get the turnover so it's just very confusing this whole entire defense don't do this, Mike. Oh, come on. I'm not. I listen. I want to hear the answer. I, I love Lamar. I do. But I grew up with Flacco and he led us to a Super Bowl. So as of right now, I'm going Flacco. I'm going Flacco. I grew up with the guy. Many playoff wins. January Joe, Joe Cool, and led us to the to Lombardi Trophy and MVP. If Lamar ends up doing that, which I think he will down the line, then I will say Lamar. But right now, it's just Flacco for me. That's what and, it, and I'll tell you this, Fonz, while that opinion might not be popular with this generation, it's the correct answer, yeah. Joe Flacco. Mm-hmm. Like if, if, if Flacco's elite. Damn right he's elite. If Lamar <laughs> this year, then I'll say Lamar because then you add the MVP All-Pro Pro Bowls, which, which is weird because Joe Flacco's never had a Pro Bowl, never had an All-Pro season. So, yeah. Never. Really? No, he, never, he, he got invited to one Pro Bowl but declined it as an alternate because uh, the birth of his son. So, you know, again, he's a uh, family man, so. Shout out to Joe Flacco for that one. Joe Cool. 11 touchdowns, zero picks. That's a good run. I will always love him for that. Baltimore will lose because they should win. Yeah. I mean, the Dolphins. I took a nap and I wake up and I see touchdown Hill, touchdown Waddle, touchdown Hill. I'm like, what the hell happened? <laughs> yeah. So, and then the Bills game too. So, yeah, that probably. Uh, an accent. I don't even know what a Baltimore. I don't even know what a Baltimore accent is. Brian McArdle uh, from from the stands. I have to be very careful with how I respond to this because I'm about to be on a stream with him in about 45 minutes. Um, from the stands, college football show, weekly show with him, Andy Hopper, and myself. Uh, make sure to go check that out if you like college football. The next prospects that could potentially be playing for the Baltimore Ravens and the New York Giants. Um, he says Danny Jones needs to work on those deep balls, though. Saquon Barkley is your only player with 120 plus yard reception. I disagree with this, Brian. I disagree. And I don't disagree with you often. I think Danny's fine with the deep ball. There's nobody to catch the deep ball. There you go. Darius Slayton dropped a wide open 60 yard touchdown pass in the Chicago game. And 
the Giants should have won the Chicago game by two touchdowns, but we won by eight points. You should have blew them out, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. If Slayton doesn't drop that ball, we win by two. And Jones got hurt in that game, too. So it's mm-hmm. like a quarter without Daniel Jones. And you paid Galladay to be that guy for Jones. He's, he's, I'm saying, though, like you paid all like that him for that. You drafted he's, Tony to be like that speedster deep threat. You know what I mean? So, like, they've, they've yeah. paid these guys and brought these guys in to do that. And it's just, can't stay on that field being healthy or just aren't good when they're on the field. Shout out to Golly for picking the Giants over the Ravens in free agency. So, you know, yeah. thanks for that, Kenny. Oh, so I can't. Oh, gosh. Uh, Sam, we'll go with uh, your players to watch here for each team. Okay. Um, so for my player to watch for the Giants, I'm doing Darius Slayton um, based off of some of the <laughs> some of the conversation we had earlier, Tom. Just the fact that he is literally our wide receiver one right now. I want to watch him mainly because I want to make sure he's stepping up to the plate and not just doing the bare minimum that we're praising him for. Um, and he's got to be that guy. And my uh, Ravens players to watch, I have two. Um, they're kind of coincide with one another. I'm doing Marlon Humphreys and Marcus Peters, mostly because I know Fonz has mentioned that the secondary is a little bit shaky and it's something to worry about. But we know I've seen Marcus Peters like – get the ball I've seen Marlon Humphrey get the ball and just because of the fact that we just mentioned Daniel Jones's turnover rate has been basically non-existent I'm really nervous at the fact that these guys are just going to be like oh that's mine oh that's mine so I need to make sure that Daniel Jones throws it to Darius Slayton and Darius Slayton is not screwing that up so those are my players to watch in terms of just that as a whole and deep balls as Brian said so just like Get the ball to Slayton and don't let Humphreys or Peters get it first. They are they are turnover machines, especially Peter. Yeah. yeah. Fonz, we'll move into your players to watch here. Who do you got for the Giants and then the Ravens? So for the Giants, I, I had Darius Slayton on it, but I'll mention again on the defensive side. I'm a big fan of uh, Xavier McKinney. We mentioned it before. I do like him a lot as a safety for you guys, too. Mm-hmm. I, I think he will have a, a very good game, and it wouldn't shock me because like, he is a ball hawk in safety, too. So I you know, if I hope he doesn't, but if Lamar does throw a pick, it probably would be in the direction of McKinney, too. He's all over that defense, so I'm, I'm a fan of him, so I like watching him play. And on the offense for the Ravens, uh, I talked about him before. I'm high on him. I think Devin DuVernay is going to have a good game, a sneaky good game, not only as a slot guy number two, but also as a return man. Because if you, listen, pro bowler, all pro, as a return specialist, has a kick return touchdown this season already. So expect him to do really well in the return game, I think, and also as the second option or third option behind Anderson Bateman. But he will have a good game, so keep an eye on him. And I did some homework on that, Fonz. Rashad, uh, not Rashad Bateman. Uh, Devin DuVernay averages 36 and a half yards per kick return. Yeah, he's a good he's, he's, he's a very good kick returner. Let me ask you this. Is Bateman going to play Sunday, or he, is that still in question? He's still questionable to play, but it's looking like he will play. I think he just needed that week off last week, but it, it's, right. he's questionable now. He has been limited practicing, but expect him to play. Um, I'm not sure how well he's going to do. That's why I'm saying like keep an eye on Duvernay because if you know Bateman struggles with the injury or if he's like hobbling here and there, expect Duvernay to get a lot of targets uh, thrown to him. I agree 100%. Um, from, I mean, players to watch in this game for me, I have two from the Ravens I want to mention. Obviously, Lamar Jackson. The offense revolves around him. 12 touchdowns, five picks, 98 passer rating, uh, 374 rushing yards and two scores through five games. The man is averaging 75 rushing yards a game. 
He is the quarterback and the running back of this team, Fonz. Um, I mean, he's just outstanding. Obviously, he's a quarterback first, um, but he leads the NFL with seven and a half rushing yards per carry. Insane. Also, since entering the NFL, Lamar has a 75% winning percentage. He is winning three out of every four games that he starts. That is unheard of for most quarterbacks, unless your name is Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes. Um, (laughs) My second player to watch, look, the easy answer is Mark Andrews because he shredded the Bengals on Sunday night football and has four touchdowns on the the year, but I'm not going to give you that one. I'm going to give you Calais Campbell, and here's why. Older veteran player on that defensive line has a sack on the year. Him and Justin Matabuk together on that defensive line could cause some problems for the Giants' interior. If there's one weakness on this Giants' offensive line, Fon, Sam and I were talking about this before you hopped on, is the interior offensive line. I'm not confident in Ben Bredesen and John Feliciano that they'll be able to handle the job. Justin Matabuk is the 16th-ranked interior interior defensive lineman in the NFL, has one-and-a-half sacks and four tackles in the backfield already this year with two passes defended. And, of course, my honorary mention is Justin Tucker. Don't be shocked if he hits the game-winning field goal. (laughs) I will say, if there is two kickers in the NFL right now that are some of the best kickers, I mean, Justin Tucker's kind of in his own thing, but Graham Gano has been really automatic for us, especially in the last couple of years. So if if there is going to be a kickoff type of game where it just keeps going back and forth, like the Denver Colts game, (laughs) if it's Justin Tucker and Graham Gano, I will take that. I will take that kicking game. I don't want it, but... Those are the two guys I'd actually see kick it off. It'd be like a 15, like 12 kicking game. Just no touchdowns. Just straight no touchdowns. <laughs> I mean, listen, maybe I don't know if I would listen. I'm going to the game on Sunday, so I don't know if I would enjoy it as much. You know? Yeah, no, not as entertaining. But if there's two kickers that are going to go up against each other, I think it'd be these two. And so. I'll say it's quick about Duvernay. Also, he played at MetLife earlier this season. He has two touchdowns at MetLife against the Jets. Mm. Oh, hey. We're not the Jets, though. <laughs> I'm just saying, he's good at MetLife, you know? Four catches, no. two of them were touchdowns. It could very well happen again. He probably is really good at MetLife, so just throw it out there. Just keep an eye on him. That's my guy. For the Giants, I have three. Um, Dexter Lawrence, he's a player who can cause havoc up front, give Linderbaum and Zeitler some problems. Uh, fifth highest graded interior defensive lineman in the entire league through five weeks, 21 tackles, three sacks, and a forced fumble from the nose tackle position is unheard of. Um, Jihad Ward, a guy we have not mentioned yet, kind of surprised we haven't mentioned him yet. Uh, He's a former Raven who knows this team very well. Expect him to get a lot of reps on Sunday. Ward, fun fact, has two QB hits in each of his last two games. Now, let's take a look at his stats this season. 21 tackles, four tackles for loss, four QB hits, one sack, a forced fumble, and a pass deflection. Jihad Ward is a maniac. He's fun to watch, Fonz. He's one of my favorite players on the football team. He, he's really good. I was upset when they let him go. And uh, he's another, another former Raven who I root for, but he's been very good for you guys, too. He's a baller. And my last one, sports betters, listen carefully. Fonz, listen carefully. I'm listening. Tight end, Daniel Bellinger, the fourth-round rookie out of San Diego State, has two touchdowns on the year already. If you watched the London game last week, he was very impressive. If there's one guy outside of Slayton that Daniel Jones is going to target often, it is tight end Daniel Bellinger. He is really starting to come on. 
He has been the most impressive rookie of this entire 11-man rookie draft class through the first five weeks. He can block. He can catch. He's not Evan Ingram. He could run. (laughs) Anyone who's not Evan Ingram is great. Keep an eye on 82 and blue, Fonz. For pro bowler, Evan Ingram. That's very true. Can't can't strip that title. Watch out for Daniel Bellinger. If he has a good game... Give me credit. I will. I will. I will give you credit. You know what? If he has a great game, I'm going to buy his jersey at the Giants Stadium at MetLife. I'll do it. Just to collect it, right? Just to collect it. Just to collect it. <laughs> I don't even know if this jersey's available. Uh, yeah. He's, again, he's another nobody right now. Yeah. He's I don't even well think. Known. He is the starting tight end, though. So I'd imagine they'd have to have it on, on deck somewhere. Maybe. Well, I'll, I'll take a look. I'll send a pick and I'll show you guys if I see it. Love Sam, Daniel Bellinger. Yes. Uh, Sam loves Daniel Bellinger. <laughs> Um, I think Sam and I argue about who loves him more. But <laughs> <laughs> it's me, Tom. I love him more. I'll give that one to you. Um, I got Daniel Jones, though. I'll take okay, that. Okay, fine. <laughs> Can't have both Daniels, I guess. Sam, let's roll through the Giants injury list. Uh, luckily, it's not as long as last week. but It's not it's a novel. <laughs> it's like a short story this week. All right. Uh, let me know when you got it up. It's Yep, I'm looking at it. It's still long. <laughs> All right, you want me to do it? Yes, I All right. want you to do it. So we got Cordell Flott, who did not participate um, with a calf injury. Um, Kenny Galladay, obviously, did not participate due to a knee injury. Mm-hmm. Um, but when does he ever participate? Uh, K- <laughs> Kadarius Tony did not participate due to hamstring, double hamstring. Tony Jefferson did not participate due to a foot. Jason Pinnock did not participate due to an ankle. Tanner Hudson, oh no, he has an illness, did not participate. Um, Aziz Ojulari, limited practice, which is a good upgrade for us um, due to a calf. We've been waiting for Ojulari to come back. Saquon Barkley, limited practice due to his shoulder. We did see him come back into this game, though, even though this um, this injury happened. So that's a good, that's a good um, sign. Tyrod Taylor has a concussion, full practice, which is some good stuff right there. Darnay Holmes had a quad with limited practice. Dory Jackson had a knee-neck injury, limited practice. Chris, I always have a hard time saying his last name. Myrick, yeah. (laughs) I don't know why I always have a hard time. Chris Myrick, ankle, limited practice. Leonard Williams has a knee injury, limited practice. And Wandell Robinson has a knee injury, limited practice. 14. That's a lot. The That's Ravens have six. That was like that was that was the Ravens preseason week one last year. I don't know how you guys feel. No. It's it's not easy. Not fun. I but it's know. rewarding. It's rewarding to see that we're four and one, even though we have all these people on an injury report. Ravens would be 0 and 5 if this was the case. <laughs> they were last year, I'm pretty sure at some point. Yeah, I was gonna say, I think that's how it did go last year. Oh funds. What's the status of Justin Houston? Uh because he, he didn't practice today either. Yeah, I'm not. I know he's still listed as questionable. I haven't heard that much uh, from him too. I mean, that that's a huge loss if he isn't mm-hmm. playing a better and pass rusher for us too. Even up there at his age, he's still getting it done as a nice rotational guy for us. He's not asked to do too much, but yeah, I haven't heard that much. I know he didn't participate today and the day prior to with the groin injury. So I uh, will see. And maybe won't shock me if he doesn't play because if, if you don't obviously play like on today and even like tomorrow for walkers, whatever it is, it, you know a red flag. So we'll see, but I haven't heard that much coming out of a uh, camp there. Gotcha. And justice Hill back at practice today, limited with a hammy 
Ronnie Stanley back in full practice, a great sign for him on Sunday, but it's looking like Ben Cleveland might not play. Uh, it has listed here that Bateman didn't practice, but I'm not sure what the reasoning is for that. I think it was because it was his foot injury. Maybe I, I, I thought he was limited. He might have did some light work on the side. Maybe sometimes they do that and yeah. still mark it as a DNP. I don't know why. Um, but the biggest loss for Baltimore is Marcus Williams, hands down. Yeah, it's, um, that's incredible. There's a couple. I think was a minimum four weeks. I believe it's yeah. short for IR. So that's going to be it's going to be rough the next couple. So, of weeks. Before we get into the game predictions, Fonz, I want to ask you, and I'll ask Sam as well. One player you would steal from the Giants. Oh, God, I got to really think about this. this Everyone does. No, I I mean, just for this week, I'll take Xavier McKinney. (laughs) I literally to replace Willie. Um, At the time, because Stanley was injured, I would have said Andrew Thomas. Uh, But then you could put him even on the right side, too. But Morgan Moses has been solid. I had to pick one to just. I guess. I mean, can you imagine Saquon and Lamar in the backfield? Forget about it. I think I, maybe I think that might be my answer then too, because like the, Stanley's healthy now, so I wouldn't take Thomas. McKinney would be for like a couple of weeks, so it'd probably be Barkley. Even though I love Dobbins, but I mean, come on, if they were saying like here, take Saquon Barkley, they'd be like, yeah, just, absolutely, like no questions asked. Go ahead, you look good in purple. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Sam, who are you swiping from Fonz's Ravens? I was just I just did like a quick Google search of just like the the Baltimore Ravens roster. Um probably Rashad Bateman just because of how ridiculously thin our wide receiver core is. Um and he's new, he's fresh, he's young. I would take Rashad Bateman. Probably catch a deep ball from Danny Dimes and be and actually in the red zone for once. <laughs> Good pick. Sam took mine, but Oh, sorry, Tom. I, no, it's all good because I have a secondary one, and okay. I'm I'm disappointed, Fonz. You haven't mentioned his name yet. It's Kyle Hamilton out of Notre Dame. Not? You pair him oh, yeah. next to Xavier McKinney. I, all due respect to Julian Love, Kyle Hamilton would flourish in this wink scheme. He can play linebacker. He can play safety. Oh, he would. Oh, he 100% would. He oh. could improve both our second and third level so much, no one would be able to throw the deep ball against us. Maybe they could target the corners and the intermediate routes, but no one will be able to target it with X and yeah. Kyle Hamilton. Little Notre Dame bias there, but I figured you'd take him. Guy. I figured you'd mention his name. I figured you would. That's my guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fonz's Ravens draft so well, you know. But yeah. I can't wait till wait till David Ajabo comes back. The guy from Michigan that tours. Oh yeah. Supposed to be a first round pick. They got him in the third, late second, early third. And I'm like, yeah. with the Ravens pick. Harbaugh just like, oh, he's supposed to be first rounder. We'll take the gamble on him. Yeah. <laughs> wait till he comes back. Cause I am excited to see him. He was so hyped to be drafted by the Ravens. And Harbaugh, he says like he's not playing, but he's very impressed with his recovery. So he'll be back sooner than later. And he's gonna he will change our defense. I'm he I'm fell to your lap. Yeah. Walk of the draft. So at this time, we're going to make our game predictions. But first, we'll get our um, game prediction from our good buddy who could not be here tonight, Hank and Dichter. And just give me a second as I got to disconnect due to um, an audio issue with my laptop. Give me just one moment and we'll get him on the screen very shortly. There he is. Giant fans, how's it going? Hank here, back at it again. 
And unfortunately, I'm sorry I couldn't make this episode of Big Blue Avenue. One, because I was supposed to go to that Yankee game, which unfortunately got rained out. And two, because of other commitments I had afterwards as, as say, a backup plan. But in any event, I was very shocked and pleasantly surprised about that win over the Packers, the most exciting win I've seen the Giants have in quite some time. But now let's talk a little bit about the Baltimore Ravens game. This is an interesting matchup. For the New York Giants, there is a lot of good players to watch out for in Baltimore, such as Lamar Jackson and tight end Mark Andrews, who the Giants have had trouble covering in years past. I think the Giants will probably do enough to keep it close, because if there's one thing that the New York football Giants have taught us in years past, they never seem to do. A, they never seem to play a full week without without putting in a full effort. And that's that's a huge credit to the coaching staff. Now, as far as do I think the Giants will win or not goes Unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen. I see the Baltimore Ravens winning by a final score of 26 to 21. But hey, if the Giants can prove me wrong, by all means, that's all I got to say for you. I will see you guys back next week for another episode. (laughs) Thanks, Hank. You good, Tom? Yeah, you all can hear me. Yep. Perfect. All right. Apologies about that audio delay. Um, Fons, as the guest, I will get to your prediction next. Who do you have winning this football game, and what is your final score? Well, listen, I was going to say the way I do wholeheartedly believe the Ravens will win this football game, but I don't think it's going to be like the other New York team where it was a blowout from the start. Uh, I do think it'll be a close game down to the wire. I really do. Um, I know there's a lot of star players on the Giants team, but – even when you saw against the Packers, when they when it's crunch time, they show up. So they're gonna it's gonna be a game, good game on both sides. You know, maybe we'll, I probably will see another Justin Tucker game winning field goal. That probably could happen. But I'm gonna go with the score, twenty four to twenty one. It's gonna be a close game down on the wire. I truly believe it. Um, little scoring here and there, but twenty four twenty one, the Baltimore Ravens. Sam, what do you got for us? Well, I put something on the sheet, and I've decided that I am not going to go with what I put on the sheet anymore because I want to take the New York Giants. <laughs> I like genuinely am very like like I said, I'm nervous to go into this game. But the more we've talked through it in this episode, the more I've kind of convinced myself that we have just this slight upper hand with Wink Martindale, and I think that. It's going to be a very close game, and I think every game the Giants is going to play is going to be a very close game. So I'll keep my score prediction, which was 28-24, to and instead of picking the Ravens, I'm going to go with the Giants. Okay, so Hank went with the Ravens. Fonz went with the Ravens. Sam went with the Giants. All right. Uh, Fonz, you may want to get your soundboard out for this one. Oh, Um, boy. Let me get this. Let me what sound I'm going to play. Hold on. All right. <laughs> I'm ready. All right. So, um, yeah, look, th- this game has a lot in, in, in store for us. And I think this Baltimore team is different from last year. They're not the same last place team that they were. And granted, without all the injuries last year, Baltimore is probably not a last place team. That's why they're playing the Giants this year. But the Giants, look what they did to Aaron Rodgers last week with nobody, right? I mean, outside of Mark Andrews, what does Lamar Jackson really have? If Bateman plays, will he be 100%? Will they work Devin Duvernay on the intermediate routes? How will the special teams perform? 
That's what I want to know. As far as the Giants are concerned, we know they're going to stack the box against Saquon Barkley. But what we do know is Daniel Jones is one of the best play-action quarterbacks in the National Football League. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, I do have the Baltimore Ravens losing this game (laughs) by a final score of 24-23. to Graham Gano outdoes Justin Tucker with a 52-yard game-winning field goal. Fraud. That's what I <laughs> This is what it, when I heard Graham Gano 52 yard. <laughs> that's what I heard. All right? There's no way that would happen. There's no. Come on, Tom. Okay. Hey, I did pick the Ravens in quick picks, though. You did. Oh, I'd give you that. I think I did too. <laughs> I picked the Giants last week in quick picks, by the Look, way, the upset, too, and I won this week. So I'm just saying the show's not interesting if we all pick Baltimore. No, no. You're right. Listen, at least we're all not watching Commander's Bears tonight because I will I will aggressively not watch that game tonight. And Brian Robinson, as you know, just why not? You know, but I'm not, I will not watch that game. I got uh, so, so far. I got week one, I picked Tennessee. That didn't pan out. Week two, I picked the Giants. That panned out. Week three, I picked Dallas. That panned out. And then week four, I picked Green uh, No, I picked the Giants. That panned Week five, I picked Green Bay. That didn't work. So I'm three and two. Yeah, I mean, five and one's a, a, big, a big number. I, I don't know. But something just tells me this right. Giants team is different with Dable. Like there's different. He's been very good. For, I said it too. He was the best coaching hire this season. I'm a big fan of Dable. He's done. He's yeah. brought a different culture to your guys' locker room, and like that's something that I think the Giants desperately need after you know Shermer, McAdoo, good old Joe Judge. You know, it's a little different vibe there, and it's a good vibe. So, yeah, um, this is no longer a clown show organization. You know. Um, so I'm happy to say that, but it is 816 funds. Any final thoughts before we let you go tonight? And also, why don't you tell the folks where people can find you and your work? Uh, well, I want to say Sam and Tom, thank you so much for having me on here too. It's uh, you guys are doing a great job. Big blue Avenue talking to New York giants. Uh, I'm glad to bring my perspective from the Raven side here. Uh, so yeah, you guys can check me out at the slick back kickback reports, wherever you get your podcasts. Also on my YouTube channel, Fonz DeFalco, uh, TikToks, Fonz DeFalco. It's pretty much, if you just type Fonz DeFalco on any social media, it's the same thing. I made it easy for everybody and myself because I don't want to make 20 different names on my account. So yeah, Fonz DeFalco, wherever, like, you know, any social media and the slick back kickback report. That's where you can find me. New episodes weekly. Um, yeah. Anywhere you get your podcast. And you can check me out also, sorry, uh, reviewing previews for corners every Monday night, talking pro wrestling. Me, Mike DeSano, and Albert Donor give you weekly knowledge of pro wrestling talk. And it's been a very good time to be a wrestling fan now. Bray Wyatt's back. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Albert's happy about that. Let me tell you, Albert's favorite wrestler is back in the fold, and Albert could not be more excited. Yeah. And um, appreciate you joining us here tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, Always one of our favorite people to have on. You bring a lot to the table. I try to. I try to. And uh, Sam, any final words here before we sign off? Um, No. I mean, I'm just really excited for this game. I think it's going to be a really, really good game. And also just shout out to Fonz's TikToks. I love them. Like they are some of my favorite TikToks that pop up on my on my page. So highly recommend following Fonz on TikTok. Um, but yeah, I think that this is going to be a fantastic game i'm excited to watch it. i'm excited to see what ends up happening because it's going to be close and i think it's anyone's game 
Also, folks, and Sam, I'm not sure if you mentioned this yet, but aren't you doing a vlog this weekend? Oh, I am. Uh, Fonz, cover your ears. I'm going to Akershire Stadium. Um, I am seeing the Pittsburgh Steelers play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this weekend. Um, I'm very excited. And yeah, so if you check out my YouTube channel, The Girl Who Talks Sports, uh, sometime next week I'll be posting a full vlog of um our trip down there i'm going with my whole family my brother's a diehard steelers fan so it's gonna be a lot of fun and if you haven't already i also went to buffalo if you want to check out the buffalo vlog it's also up there so vlogging is my new thing now smashing that titans car with the with oh, the, the the most incredible thing and i had to sign a waiver so that i couldn't sue them in case i got hurt and then i literally like pulled my neck muscle and i was like no i can't sue them <laughs> but it was fun too funny. Bills Mafia live strong. Uh, have fun on Sunday, Fonz and Sam. You'll both be attending NFL games while I will be working from home watching the Giants game. So wonderful. I, I envy you both. Um, folks, without further ado, let's go big blue. <laughs> 